and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 21. And I have three spooky stories for you today and story number one comes from Fiona. I've had an experience that I think would be nice to share. I don't typically like to talk about it because it was very unpleasant, but it's nice to have other people know. It happened sometime in February of 2022. I had just come back from a trip with my friends. After dropping one of them off, my other friend and I decided that we weren't ready to go home yet, so we took a nighttime drive. That was something that we did often. She pointed out how nice the stars were that night, so I searched for the nearest hiking trail with a parking lot that we could go stargazing at. Google Maps sent us to a random one that I'd never heard of before. It was down a dirt road in a residential neighbourhood. On the way down the road I started to get a bad feeling, kind of like foreboding, that only got worse the closer we got. Once we arrived at the parking lot it got even worse. The air was heavy and my stomach was in knots. I've never had such a bad feeling before. I thought I was just making it up so I didn't say anything. But before I even stopped the car my friend pointed out the bad feeling and demanded that we leave. I didn't even pull over, just made a U-turn and left. I didn't want to linger any longer. Driving back the way we came, I got this feeling that someone was watching me. That feeling where you get on edge and the hair on the back of your neck stands up. I could have sworn I felt someone behind me, so I kept looking in the rearview mirror, but nothing was there. I once again thought I was being overly dramatic. But before we even left that street, my friend turned to me and said, It feels like something's in the car with us. It felt like ice was in my veins when she said that. I just couldn't believe that the bad feelings were so strong that both of us knew immediately that something was wrong. The back seat also felt like it had gone rancid, like something or someone was rotting back there, like vile sludge was wiped in my car. What was worse was the very aggressive air. Whatever presence was there was in no way kind. It felt violent. I grabbed her hand, opened all the windows and turned on happy music. I was hoping to try and add some positivity to the drive and that would get whatever it was to leave my car. I also knew the only way I was going to feel safe again was if I interacted with someone new who didn't have this horrible feeling. So I typed McDonald's into the GPS, hoping that some greasy food would make us feel better too. I knew that we had to get onto the highway, but my GPS took us right past the ramp. I figured that it knew a faster way to go but it ended up bringing us into a residential neighbourhood and telling us to turn around. It then directed us back towards the parking lot. Once we passed the on-ramp again I realised that whatever was inside the car was trying to get us to go back to where we picked it up. I had no interest in ever going back there so I ignored the GPS, turned around and got back on the highway. It was at this point that the intense feelings of dread started to wane. It seemed like we had driven far enough away that the feeling was no longer as potent, like whatever passenger we had picked up decided to walk home. Unfortunately, there was a lingering heavy feeling in the car up until the next day, almost like it had left a residue on the back seat. Checking my car the next morning, my stomach dropped when I came close to the back seat. I'm not that superstitious, but this feeling was so bad that my friend and I performed an exorcism on the back seat. We burned incense and said Hail Marys. I'm not religious but my friend went to Catholic school for years so she helped. I didn't believe in exorcisms but I was so desperate to get whatever that was out of my car. 
I wasn't sure I was going to be able to drive it home like that. It almost felt cursed. Fortunately, the exorcism actually worked. Afterwards, I could sit in the back seat and not feel like I was going to be sick. I think it's important to note that the night before, our music kept turning off randomly, so at some point we had to turn it off. I'm not sure what got into my car that night, whether it was a demon, a spirit or some unpleasant energy, but it really scared me. Even writing this now, I'm overcome with a feeling of dread. Any time I think about this experience, I have trouble sleeping. I have never and hope to never again feel that horrible rotten feeling. If you ever feel something like that, you will know. I'd never been superstitious, but that night changed my whole perspective. I bloody bet it did. That sounds terrifying. And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't have to be like seeing a spectral image or whatever. Sometimes it's just that feeling and that feeling of something like rotten and decomposing in the back of your car. Something that's like truly evil and violent and trying to manipulate the way that you're going in your car. That's terrifying. And I like your thinking, Fiona, that McDonald's is indeed the answer to all of life's problems, including paranormal problems. I know I spoke about using babies as paranormal detectors, you know, spirit detectors. Well, maybe we need to start introducing a box of 20 chicken nuggets as the answer to paranormal problems. You know, you bring in the baby, the baby detects the issue. Then you bring in the chicken nuggets. You bring in that 20 box of chicken nuggets. Bring in the big guns. And it clears out the energy. Done and dusted. And story number two comes from Lisa. I live in Colorado now and I go to visit my family in California often. My niece was due to have a huge party for her 15th birthday. I stayed at my sister's home while I stayed in California. The day was going great. We helped set up the hall where the party was going to be in the next day. As the day grew on, I headed to my sister's home and had dinner. It was time for bed so I said goodnight to my niece and nephews as they went into their rooms. I stayed in the living room as I was going to camp out there for the night and that's when things got weird. In the corner of my eye down the hallway I could see a shadow passing by as if it was going to the bathroom. I didn't think anything of it. I assumed it was one of the kids using the toilet before actually falling asleep so I let it go. My sister's home gets dark and the only thing lighting up the room was a time displayed on the stereo she had sitting by the television. It was around 2.45am, as I remembered, and I turned to adjust myself on the couch I was on. For some reason, I decided to open my eyes, and I was looking towards the hallway, and saw what looked like a little boy looking over at me from the side of the entryway wall. I looked for another couple of seconds and I thought maybe it was one of the kids trying to make sure I didn't wake up so they could sneak into the kitchen to get a drink or a snack. So I closed my eyes and made it seem like I was still sleeping. As I laid there I couldn't hear any noise coming from anywhere so I thought well maybe they changed their mind. The next day my sister asked if I wanted to go with her to get a few things that she needed for the party and I told her that I would. As we were driving to our location I asked Hey sis, do your kids wake up at night to get water or snacks randomly? She replied with, they used to, but not anymore, why? I then told her that I had seen someone looking out towards me and I thought maybe the kids wanted to see if I was asleep so they could go into the kitchen. She then paused and said, you saw him too. She then explained that her kids don't like waking up anymore because they keep seeing a little boy wandering around at night and they're really afraid of him. 
I was shocked and didn't know what to say. She then explained that their father always had some sort of spirit attached to him and has left it in her house and she believes it has attached to their sons. She also said that her husband's brother had also seen that little boy a lot growing up. Needless to say, I didn't stay there the next day and I stayed with my mom. For some reason, I was more afraid of staying at my sister's home than staying at my mom's, knowing spooky stuff happens there as well. Staying at my mom's, I expected to see and hear stuff, but not what would happen that day. I went to my old room, my mother doesn't touch anything when we leave, so everything was left the same since the last time I was there. My mom had said there had been weird noises lately. I thought, well, maybe if I ignore it, it'll leave me alone. I decided to have a nap. My mom said she could hear me talking in my sleep but couldn't make out what I was saying, but she said that I sounded scared. I remember that dream really well. It was the little boy that I was dreaming about. I couldn't make out what he looked like, but he kept taking me to a place that was dark, and I could hear someone screaming as if they were being hurt. It kept happening over and over again. I couldn't make out what he was trying to show me. Later on that day, I looked bothered. My other sister, Karina, asked what was wrong and I explained to her my dream. And she said, oh, the little boy from Star's house. She told me that once someone sees him, they have the dream like as if he wants us to know what happened to him. But he can only show us what he can and no one has ever figured it out. It has bothered me until this day and I've done some research, but can't really say that I found much. With the only clue being the weird dream. Hopefully somebody figures it out one day. I'll be heading back to California in August with my two sons and I'm definitely staying at a hotel so my sons won't have to witness any of the spooky stuff. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that story was really scary. Because you always hear those stories about kids, right? They have an imaginary friends and they like play with them and they're like, oh, that's that's John, that's my friend and he died in a fire and they play with toys and whatever. But the kids being like, they don't get up at nighttime anymore because there's a little boy that wanders around the house at nighttime and they're really scared of him. That's a no from me. I don't like when people talk about attachments and stuff. And when I say people, I mean like people in the kind of paranormal public eye. So, you know, the likes of paranormal TV shows and stuff. When they talk about attachments and they talk about, you know, sort of pseudo possession and whatever. And it, it kind of annoys me because I feel like it makes people panic unnecessarily. Um, But this story, so the little boy was attached to the husband and then once you see the little boy, you dream about him because that's his way of communicating with you. Oh, Christ on a bike. It's not good. It's not good at all. Like, I would not be going back to that house either. I'd be like, listen, we're staying in a hotel. It's probably safer. Okay. And story number three comes from Eric. This is my mother's story, but I interviewed her to verify what she experienced. My great aunt Edna was a family favourite. She never married or had children of her own, so she visited us often and lived with us for a time in her later years. She loved life, attending concerts and extra large slices of pie. She always treated us to her home cooking, including her signature cinnamon roll cookies and fudge. Eventually, she developed dementia and required more care than we could provide. She was often confused about where she was or what year it was. She would repeat the same questions over and over and started saying that she had to get home to her parents who were long since deceased. That particular concern became an obsession. 
You could reassure her for a few minutes, but she would soon resume saying that her parents would be worried about her and she had to get home right away. She was in an elderly care facility in a nearby town where my aunt lived and it was clear that she didn't have long left. One night between midnight and 7am, the phone started ringing at my mother's house. Call after call, she lost track of how many. At first, my mother told the caller that they must have the wrong number. But the calls kept coming, each time the unknown voice on the other end sounded distant and faint like a little girl's voice. And she was asking where her parents were and saying that she had to get home to them soon. It was early the next morning that my aunt called my mother, saying that Aunt Edna didn't make it through the night. She passed, peacefully, soon before midnight. She was not in any condition to use the phone, and wouldn't have known my mother's number, or even who my mother was at the time. The calls could not have come from her. Not in the conventional sense, anyway. Oh, Eric, I love a paranormal phone story. First of all, that woman sounds amazing. She sounds amazing. I mean, Edna sounds like my kind of woman. Big slices of pie, living life, going to concerts, living the dream, love it. And I don't know what to tell you. Like, for that amount of phone calls and for a little girl to be saying that she was trying to find her parents and it sounds like in the midst of the dementia that... She seems to have seen herself at some points as a little girl looking for her parents. And it is both beautiful and and sad. And it's not the first time we've heard stories about phones ringing and people hearing voices on the phone at the time of somebody's death when they don't know that person has died. I mean, we don't know how the paranormal works. We don't really, I mean, I don't really understand how phones work, to be honest. And that's, and that's science and I don't understand how that works. So who knows? Who's to say? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Fiona, Lisa and Eric for sending in your stories. Remember, if you'd like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content and every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. 